Alright, what's up guys? Uh, today's intro is going to be kind of quick. But let me just say, I just got back from Martha's Vineyard. Me and the AIN crew, we rolled out there. Thank you, the green room, for helping us out to get out there. That was awesome, man. Uh, all the homies we skated with. Zeb, Sam, thank you for letting us stay at the spot. Uh, we tented, we had some tents, we camped out. Sick-ass mini ramp in Sam's backyard. We skated the Martha's Vineyard skate park, so sick. Um, yeah, it was amazing. We just got back. I literally, literally just got off a ferry and made it home to put up the podcast. I was like, oh shit, it's Sunday. <laughs> I got work tomorrow. God damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. So, stoked. Today's guest is Jim Bates, and Jim is the man. I enjoyed our conversation. He's so good at skateboarding. Like, if you just, uh, go on YouTube and type in Jim Bates and watch some of his parts, so good. And Jim is just one of those dudes in skateboarding that's, like, an original. He's kind of like an authentic... He is an authentic human being, and I enjoy those people. So, I hope everybody out there is chilling. Enjoyed your weekend. Uh, I'll see you guys next week. Love you, bye. This is The Shepherd Show. Show. Whatever you do, you have one thing that's unique. You have the ability... To make up. And when things get tough, this is what you should do. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. I hope they get it. I'm sick of explaining history. I'm rolling with a circle of winners. We claim the victories. Come on. It's about to be the realest shit you ever heard. You're in a transitional world right now. Yeah, it's just basically going for it. You know? Sometimes you don't think about getting hurt or slamming, but you know it happens. It's skateboarding. You know, it happens every day. Yeah. People are worried about skateboarding and the skate state of the industry. Yeah. The truth is, we are the industry. Yeah. Skateboarders are the industry. Experience, I guess, just because there's like I've never seen like that many skaters in one place. Just like it's like we take over the streets. Today's guest is Jim Bates. What's up, man? Anthony. How's it going? It's chilling, been... chilling, man. We, I was just asking you, um, you're out in Cali right now? Yeah, I'm in California. Whereabouts? I live in a small city called Newberry Park. It's where I grew up. Oh, cool. It's like an hour north of Los Angeles. Oh, that's cool. Is there some stuff to skate there? Yeah, there's some fun spots, but uh, it's close to the valley in L.A., so... There's a lot of cool spots that are close by and also the beach, so it's a great place to live. Sick. And you said you grew up there. Yeah. That's cool. Fuck yeah, man. That's like right in the thick of it, though, huh? Yeah. (laughs) You're like in the Mecca. You're in the heart of, like, skateboard industry, you name it. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) How was that growing up? It was cool. I mean, there's always a lot of kids that skated that... I looked up to and kind of started from there, and my friend introduced me to skating. Like, he just had a board in his garage, and I tried it out, and from there, I just fell in love with skateboarding and nonstop from there. Dude, I could tell. I Like, I was just saying the other day, I, um, I mean, not the other day, like I was just saying before we hit record, man, I was watching your footage, and uh, I actually, it made me want to start the podcast off this way. I wanted to say, you fucking rip, dude. it's been a long time since i've watched that and then i went back and i just was watching a couple video parts on there and i was like you're a gnarly dude man (laughs) thanks i appreciate 
appreciate that. <laughs> That's cool. So, I guess, like, how I start out a lot is I like to ask people how they got their first board. So, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Yeah. What was well, your first... I can tell you more about it. Yeah. Actually, my first board was, I bought it at a sporting goods store in the mall. Yeah. Like I said, my friend had a board in his garage. I tried that out, and then I wanted my own. So I saved up money because my parents didn't want to buy me one. They yeah. said they work for it. So I did some chores and saved money, and then they took me to the mall, and I bought the cheapest board I could find and kept skating that, and then eventually saved up money and got some better stuff and kept skating. Was that thing like uh was it just like a it was a cheapo it wasn't like a legit setup? No, it was a sporting goods store like <laughs> just like basically if you go to Toys R Us or or Walmart buying a cheap board there. When did but, when did you start skating? About twelve or thirteen years old. Dang, sick. <laughs> me too. That's right around the same time too. And my first board was like a cheapo one too. My aunt got for me, and that thing like. It just wouldn't roll, you know what I mean? Like, you do a couple tricks and the whole shit, like, pancaked out. It was so bad. Yeah, my friend's board was the Action Sports Kamikaze with the Japanese sun, if you remember that sport. I did. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so what was it? I, I wanted to ask a little bit about, like, I guess if you grew up in the thick of, like, the skateboard industry and all that, was there just always... Like, did you, when you first got on your board, did you already know, like, about pros and stuff like that? No, I had no idea. No. I mean, there's not a lot of companies around where I live. Yeah. So, I mean, California is kind of the breeding ground for skateboarding, but it wasn't where I see all this stuff going on. I mean, I didn't really know what skateboarding was about. I just tried it and had fun doing it, and... And then eventually I learned that there were skate videos and magazines and I was just like obsessed with that. Like I used to go rent VHS videos from the video store once I realized. (laughs) That's sick. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get sponsored till like I was 15 or 16 just by a shop and, um, from there just kept learning about the industry and that people get sponsored and turn pro and, and, I was just amazed by that and grateful. What were your parents? What were your parents like? Were they just like this dude's obsessed? Like let him go at it? Were they backing it? Um, my parents have always been supportive of everything I do, and they were okay with it. They also wanted me to do other things, like play sports and kind of just do a variety of things, so that I wasn't stuck on one thing. What else did you? What other sports did you play? Well, I ran track when I was really young, and I played soccer, and I played flag football, and I played basketball. Hey, were you really good at soccer? Um, not really. I mean, I was okay. I don't even remember that much. I was so young. Well, you have, like, the endurance for it, because one of the videos I watched, which I actually just put on my Facebook, was you did the longest line in the fucking world. It was, like, four minutes long, dude, and I was watching it, and I'm like, Holy shit, dude. How are your legs not, like... I don't know how you made it that far. <laughs> it's so that's, sick. That's, like, my warm-up line almost every day when I go to the skate park. Oh, yeah. It ended at the park. I noticed that. I was like, that's sick. He just ended at the little tranny spot, which is awesome. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I think... I guess they do have endurance, maybe from sports or whatever, but 
it takes less energy when you land tricks than when you fall. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just know. You know what I noticed about the line was, dude, you threw a fakey heel flip about two minutes in. I would have been, I would have done, I would have fell on a fakey heel flip two minutes in, dude. That one's a tough one. That's always hit or miss for me. Yeah, everyone has their tricks that work for them and don't. So. Hell yeah. yeah. So I guess kind of moving along here, I wanna. I know you were road for status. What, how'd you get into, like, getting boards and free stuff? Because I know you were fully hooked up. Um, actually, I used to skate castle contests, like, in high school. Sick. And, uh, my first real hookup was through Birdhouse from Tony Hawk. Damn, really? That's crazy. Yeah. And, uh... How's that, how does that happen, though? Um, this lady that was really cool that works for Castle, she put in a good word. Jean Hoffman, she passed away, but she was a super nice lady. And she was just really supportive of me. And I guess her family had a skate shop when she was growing up, and they knew the Hawk family. And I guess she put in a good word for me. And I sent my video to Tony, and he, he called me one night, and I just blown away. And he started sending me stuff, and... He started paying for my contest for Castle and actually got to stay at his house one night, which was just an honor. And yeah, that's crazy. He called you. He called you. (laughs) Yeah, it was amazing. And then from there, um, I started riding for invisible skateboards in 1998. Laban Fidus, right? Yeah. Dude, that guy, like, he is a legend. When I was growing up in in the East Coast, I, I think I lived in New Hampshire. Me and my friends were like skating our basement and we're watching like four and ones with like Laban doing like kick flips while juggling like swords yeah. and like crazy stuff. It was so sick though. Yeah, he had hot clean videos. It was juggling and skateboarding mixed up together. I remember he had a sequence where he did a kick flip over a gap and like both his shoes came off and he landed it still. <laughs> yeah, amazing stuff. Being creative. Awesome. Yeah, so rad. Such an individual. I, I I noticed like skating back in the day was more about individuality. Like dudes were like there was no no carbon copies really, you know. Yeah, it was definitely creative. So rad. So you you got a chance to ride for Invisible. Yeah, and that's really when I started traveling and doing more with skateboarding, and they gave me my first ad in Trans World. What? And uh, yeah, we just did a bunch of demos and. Drove around in a van around the U.S. during the summertime, and and then uh, eventually that company went out of business. So from there, I just uh, started sending out videos, trying to find another sponsor to keep doing what I enjoy doing. And I came across uh, Syndrome Distribution. I sent one for DNA skateboards. That's right, I- dude. I forgot about DNA. That I I used to remember them. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, they had the cartoon graphics, so I was into it. And then they called me up, Rob Merck, and he's yeah. like, we're starting a new company. It's called Status, and it's going to be an all-am team. Damn. They wanted me to ride for that, so he sent me some boards to try, and they're really good boards. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And from there, I started riding for them, and they did ads, and we did a lot of traveling, even like outside the us, but we did a couple U.S. tours and went to Brazil and Europe and uh, 
Canada. You went to Brazil? Yeah. Well, uh, that's one place that I haven't gone that I've always, I like, I wish I went to. Yeah, it's a fun spot. I feel like it's, like, tropical. Brazil. Yeah. Yeah, there's probably city, but then there's probably tropical as well. Yeah, we actually did go to the beach, and up on the hill, there's that big statue in Rio. Oh, yeah, I've seen that in photos. It's crazy. Yeah, and, uh. One of the riders, Harold Dalton, his family lived there, so we stayed with his family, and I got to meet them, and actually, I don't know, his hometown, we went and talked to the mayor, and and we were on some Brazilian talk shows. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> I just actually did a trade flip in the mayor's office. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that like you're. Did you finish? Uh, did you go to college at all? No, I just graduated high school and skating from there. Yeah, it's crazy to think that like skating's able to provide like some travel and you get to see another culture and you get a Tony Hawk calls you and like that's like trip to think that it all came from like something as simple as just skateboarding, you know? Yeah, it's just like a dream. It's amazing. That's cool. That's cool, man. And uh, uh, forgive me for asking, but did you have a board on status? Yeah, actually, in 2002, they decided to start a pro team. And they got a couple established pros, and they turned two of the AMS pro, and I was one of them. Okay, who was the other one? Um, It was Harold Dalton. Sick, man. So good. I remember him. So we both had our, our first models and I think I had like five or six others and then eventually they kind of faded out and uh, from there I just uh, kind of rose for some smaller companies but um, I skated that ES costume game of skate in 2005 at the trade show and I won that. Dang, and, uh, you won the costume game of skate? Yeah, 2005. What is it on YouTube? Um, yeah, it's one of the, the hardest ones to find, but there's one video that covers all of it. It's I in there? Send it to you or something. Who did it come down to? It was you and who else? Costin? Um, actually, I beat Costin before the finals. <laughs> How does that feel to say? Good for you. <laughs> That's I was, awesome. like, really nervous. I didn't think I I thought I was just going to be taken out before I even had a chance, but I, I beat him. And I went to the finals, and it was Mike Moe and Jimmy Carlin. It was a three-person final. Damn. That's so a that, heavy squad right there. Yeah. It was it was tough. Who went out Who went out third? Um, Mike Moe went out, and then it was me and Jimmy Carlin. And it came down P to C, and, and I pulled it out somehow. Dude, Jimmy Carlin has the craziest tricks, too. You must have been hanging on. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a battle, but it was amazing. Dude, that's so sick. Was it like it must have been a trip to like do that? It was at a trade show. Yeah, they used to have it at the ASR trade show every year. Damn, that must have been so cool to like be in that moment to like make it that far and then in front of everyone just like crush it. Good for you, dude. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> that's like a dream I've had. I've never like I think I won one contest in my life. And it was sick, I remember. But that's it. It was like a small like shop contest, and I was super proud of it. Um, yeah. But damn, in front of everyone, and to beat Costin and then move on and beat those two dudes. 
Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's a huge accomplishment. I was blown away. Like you said. Um. All right. So, status kind of faded away. You said, and then you moved on to a few different companies, and just uh, you know, they worked out, didn't work out for whatever it is. Yeah, I just kept skating for fun, and I still skate every day because I enjoy it, and that's why I started. And so I have like a shop sponsor and some people that help me out with products. So as long as I can keep skating and having fun. That's yeah. the most important thing to me, and whatever happens, happens. So. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, because I know you mentioned to me that you are you have a book now, and this seems so cool to me. I checked out the Instagram and all the clips, and maybe work your way into how that came to be and what it, what it actually is. Yeah, well, I've done art my whole life, pretty much. It's just been a way for me to express myself and be creative, and I enjoy doing it. Hell yeah. Just as much as skateboarding or almost as much as skateboarding, but it's just my creative outlet and I wanted to do something where I could share my art with others and kind of integrate skateboarding into it and make a positive impact on kids. And so I wrote and illustrated this book. It's called The Boys Who Skated With Dragons. The Boys Who Skated With Dragons? Yeah. That's a sick title for a kid's book already, dude. Yeah, so it, it's just a fun and exciting story for kids. And, like, it teaches about following your dreams and never giving up and that you can overcome obstacles in life and still do great things. And everyone has their own different talents and, and gifts, and they can just discover more about themselves and do great things with those that they have and just make a positive impact on others by sharing those things and so I think it's just something cool to share with kids and, and yeah. it's just what I enjoy doing. If you had, dude that's fucking awesome man, I, I, I teach skateboard lessons all the time man and I talk to little kids and it's amazing how how awesome they are, you know, how in the moment they are and how clear eyed and they listen and like they want to talk as well like kids are like amazing so to have a story like that to create for them with some cool illustrations seems fucking awesome by me man do you yeah. do, you, do you have a top favorite um animated movie do you have a favorite movie um that's difficult there's a lot of good movies. i'm only asking because i just want to tell you mine <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you mine, but if you have one, please let me know. Uh, Sword in the Stone. Have you ever seen it? Oh, that movie's awesome, dude. That's like gets me so hyped, and I always tell people about it, and they're like, they don't remember it, or they think I'm crazy, and I'm like, dude, it's like the sickest story about a wizard and King Arthur before he's a king, and like he teaches him how to be a man and stuff, and about the world and life and science, all through turning him into animals, and <laughs> my, they look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I like that movie, and The Black Cauldron was a good one, too. Which one? The Black Cauldron. Yeah, it... dude, I've seen that one, too. So good. Yeah. And that's, like, when it was all hand-drawn, too, you know? Yeah, I'm totally into that. That stuff's amazing. Where where can people find your book? My book is on Amazon, and um, I sell copies myself if people want to hit me up. I can, they can send me... Uh, payment through like uh, 
PayPal and I can sign it and ship it to them. And it's on barnesandnoble.com. And there's actual cop like hardcover, and then there's also a downloadable version Sick. for Snook and the Kindle. So yeah, it's pretty easy to find on online. So is this the is this the first book you've ever written? Yeah, it is. How do you how do you like how do you get the I guess the balls and how do you get the how do you follow through what were your steps like I've thought of, I've thought about writing a book multiple times that's all I did was think about writing a book I just thought about it <laughs> I don't actually have the copy I don't never made it you know what I mean I actually did draw a comic book a comic like a little comic strip when I was younger and I sat on it forever I wanted yeah. to do something with it. Never, never did anything with it. It ended up in a Manila folder somewhere. But anyway, so what was your first step, and like, what, what made you think like, hey, I could do this? Well, basically, I just wrote it out and did all the illustrations and put it together, kind of laid it out, and then I did a bunch of research on the internet because it's available. And okay looked up different publishers and it was just a learning experience for me because I'm a new author and I didn't really know how to go about it or what I was doing but I reached out to people and um, just like learned about different ways to publish like there's self-publishing and and then there's trying to find a book deal which is really hard I imagine it's probably like trying to acquire sponsors yeah (laughs) yeah it's like, how do you, it's like, they have to come to you, kind of. <laughs> and and you have to get their attention somehow, and there's like a million people trying to get a book deal, so that's kind of a, a long shot. But yeah, I just, I sent it out to some publishers and um, just kind of talked to people that would take my call or, or that would respond to my email, and I found a few people who were interested and through self-publishing and they kind of told me what the cost was and how they could help me and I found a good place to accomplish what I was trying to do, which was have copies that I could sell so that I could do book readings and signings and then they also helped me with distribution and um, getting it like on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So. Yeah, I just kind of took small steps and learned as I went along, and it worked out really well, and I've gotten a lot of great support, so it's been amazing, and I'm just still doing it. That's so cool, man. That's fucking awesome, and it's cool that you chose a children's book, because, I don't know, we need those. We need more of those. It's awesome. Um, How are your, uh, if you don't mind me asking, if it's too much, you can tell me to to fuck off, but uh, what are your parents like? Are they creative types? Um, my parents, my dad's very creative. He's really good at illustrating. He's actually a landscape designer, kind of like an architect, landscape architect. He designs and draws up plans for designing people's yards. So he's very creative and artistic. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and uh, my mom's been into dancing and that kind of creative stuff. Dancing? Dancing? Like ballet. Oh, really? Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, and she plays the piano and stuff like that. Musical stuff. 
Man, the piano is like one of those things. It's like I, if I wish I could play, or I wish I just like had one, or I need to get a keyboard and just dick around. Cause like the piano is so sick, man. I'm backing that and the violin super hard. <laughs> you can always learn, though. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like anything, practice and get better. Say it again. Just like anything, keep practicing, and you you can learn it and get better. Yeah, absolutely. Solid advice. You start at at nothing and you you keep learning tricks and get better and better and progress over time. I probably repeat this on my podcast a lot, but like when I have skate lessons and with the little kids and stuff, I and I always picture it. I look at it. I'm like, wow, skateboarding really is just like it's uh teaches you basic problem solving, like because you just want to do the trick, so you got to make all the wrong mistakes until you find the right way that works for you. So it's like you're teaching little kids like creation, like how to create. You know what I mean? They have to like create the image, or they have to see the the person do a trick, and then they have to find a way to like physically create it, like through right. effort and everything. And it's like I guess that kind of goes along with like an idea, a story, and then turning into print, and like so cool, man. Trips me out. Yeah. As, go, as long as you don't give up, you can make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Perseverance and just like, just keep going till you find. I mean, it's the same with everything. It's just like, that's how you look at things. If you just don't give up, you keep you keep finding those silver linings. You you yeah, add up. <laughs> Actually, I wanted to ask you. Um, once again, if it's too personal, you can tell me. And I always edit these shows down and stuff. But I think I remember back in the day, dude, you had some interviews and stuff where you talked about some life issues and things you were going through. If you don't mind ask, if you don't mind me asking, I'm just kind of curious so if if you ever went through some rough times or. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. I, uh, let's see. I did an interview for Big Brother, and I was struggling with depression really badly at that time, and I was just really shy growing up and self-conscious and insecure it was hard for me to talk to people or even be around people and I was just really depressed and in a why, do you, why do you think that was I don't know it's just I guess my personality and just I don't know something that I struggled with because everyone's different and has their own struggles and issues and yeah, I kind of ask, I ask, I only ask because I, as my listeners know, I've been, I went through a lot as a little kid, like I lost my father when I was 13 and my mom had her substance abuse problems and that's where my like problems arise, arose from, you know, where I had like yeah. securities and perception, like I just wasn't healthy because I wasn't around the healthiest people and I dealt with some of those same issues that you're speaking of, which I realized yeah. like sucked, but at the same time, those issues like you know, they can create some really good qualities. Yeah. I think just being shy and feeling out of place and not like I belong led to depression and isolation and just not being able to relate to people and feeling alone and lost. It, it's just a hard place to be. Yeah. And so it, it's tough, but the one thing that's cool is skateboarding made me feel alive and gave me that confidence in myself and it was also a way for me to be around people without having like I wouldn't have to talk to people but I could still hang out with them I wouldn't worry about what I'm saying 
because I'm just, we're out skating, having fun. Dude, I totally relate. So, <laughs> I can completely yeah. relate, dude. <laughs> yeah, skateboarding's amazing. And and just eventually through practice I and meeting people and uh, over time I was able to make friends through skating and and just kind of get through that. And I went through some therapy and stuff like that, but... Um, what was, what, I'm sorry to cut you off, but um, I had therapy when I was younger, and it was this lady, and she was super sweet. But she knew our family issues, you know? Like, she knew, like, my mom had issues, and then she was doing therapy for me, my brother, and my sister. Yeah. And it was such an overwhelming task for her. <laughs> I She cried at least a couple times. But she was super awesome. Like, I remember her, and she uh, made a promise to me one time. She was like, if you go to school for two weeks straight, because I, I would never go to school, man. I was like, just fucking, I'd wake up, and I was so angry and sad inside that, like, when I did go to school, I'd almost get in a fight. You know what I mean? And sometimes, sometimes I did get in fights. Um, yeah. So, but this lady told me, she's like, you go to work. I mean, if you go to school for two weeks straight, I'll buy you your favorite food. And I love lobster because <laughs> it's expensive and I never get, you never get it. Like, I never get it. So I was like, yeah, if you, all right, let's do it. And I, she, she did. I went for two weeks and she came through, bought me the lobster and everything. And, and that actually helped me out a lot because I, that was the first time that I had an adult that told me, like, if you work hard, here's the deal. And like, you'll, I'll, I'll like reward you for your efforts, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm guess I'm wondering what your experience was. Well, at first I hated therapy. I just didn't want to go. I was kind of forced in. And, uh, eventually I found someone who really helped me out and, and kind of pushed me and believed in me and supported me and I could talk to him and he gave me things that I could do to take small steps to start reaching out and getting through that depression and and so yeah I was really grateful to find the right person I think that's just all it takes is finding someone that you work well with and also being willing to try because at first I wasn't willing to try yeah and so I think it takes different different steps and wanting it and over time it can be beneficial but everyone's different too like I never took medication because I've always been drug free and and I strongly believe in that like I never smoked or drank or did drugs and I didn't believe in taking medication either and I just figured out a way to do it on my own terms and I think that helped me out a lot too and eventually I was able to change my perspective and the way I look at things like in everyday life just trying to look at the positive in every situation instead of looking at the negative and all these things down and just being grateful for all that I have and knowing that there's so much that people take for granted and a lot of people have way less than me so I should be really grateful and I get to do the things I enjoy every single day, like skateboarding and art, and I live in a great place, so it's just amazing. So yeah. I just appreciate all those things that I have. 
I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more, man. I actually, when I started my, uh, everyone, all my listeners already know, but when I started my skateboard brand, all I need, I named it AIN Skateboards, you know, and, uh, one of my first boards, I called it the perspective deck. And it's just like the back of a skater's head, like with a beanie on, and you kind of see like this triangle. And in the middle, it's all colorful, but on the outside, it's all like black and white, like, and it's kind of like the perspective. You can see the two different perspectives and all that stuff. So I'm completely with you, man. It's a hard thing to go from negative to positive to switch it over. You know what I mean? It, it, I really think it just, you got to like really focus on the silver linings and things. It's like, if you want it to rain tomorrow, you can have it your way. You know what I mean? Like if you go outside and you're already in a bad mood and you want to be angry and you're going to see all of that, you know what right. I mean? You wake you, up and you're already like that. Yeah, <laughs> you can just you can find the things that make make it how you want it to be or how you think it will be. You just find facts that prove you right instead of like challenging yourself. But when you do, you can find the positive instead of the negative. Hell yeah! One of the little things I point out all the time is I like to point out that I find money everywhere. I pick up change all the time. I was in like the projects uh, in New York City about two weekends ago and we found we found over a dollar in change on the ground. And that's yeah. that to me, I'm looking around at my homie Ramsey and my other friends who skate for my company and I'm like, dude, we just found over a dollar like, like in the projects in New York City like – like they just don't no one's seen it you know what i mean and i'm like that's where i grew up i grew up in the projects like a new bedford mass and and i know that people aren't seeing it because they're just caught up they're caught up in their emotions they're walking right by these little like gifts it's like here's a quarter you know what i mean like so my big thing was like start looking for these little things and the change it adds up and that's what i'm always whenever i see something in the store like a, a penny like at the bank that no one's picking up i like go out of the way to pick it up make it obvious like i i enjoy this because <laughs> yeah. it's not really what you're picking up like it could be a penny or a quarter or whatever it's just that you value it and that you're gonna pick it up and then you can turn it into cool fucking shit like skateboards or art or like a book or it's yeah. like every little penny adds up you know so if the more you appreciate the more you can use those things you know yeah definitely that it takes a long time to learn that too. It takes years. Do you mind me asking how old you are? I'm 37. 37. Yeah, I'm 32. Um, November 15th. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been. Uh, I'm still learning as I go, man. Actually, uh, tonight I actually went in a float tank. I don't know if you've seen those things. You're out in California. No, what is that? It's a sensory deprivation tank. Um, I listened to this other podcast, Joe Rogan, and he, he, he was always talking about these things, but basically it's just like a, it's like a tank and they put 10 inches of water, but the water has 400 pounds, like some have more, but like at least 400, 600 pounds of Epsom salt in the water and the 10 inches of water. So it's super buoyant. So it's like a salt bath. Basically you get into this thing, you climb in. And then you lay back, and when you lay back, it lifts you up, and it, you can't help but float in it. You close the lid. It's completely dark. You have wax in your ear. So you cut off all your senses, basically, and you only hear your thoughts because you don't have the feeling of gravity. You don't have, you have, you're floating. The water is the same temperature as your body. They heat it up. So it's like literally you have none of your senses, so all you have is your own thoughts. Uh, cool. Trippy, right? But it's like people yeah. freak. People think it's super scary, and it is kind of nerve wracking the first time. Um, 
because it's like scary to be by yourself and hear your own own thoughts you it's like scary to think of that it's like oh what if i don't like myself or i'm gonna freak out like in the first 20 minutes i freak out because i we carry around all this baggage and like stuff that we don't even realize we're carrying around these thoughts you know so then you get in there 20 minutes you work them all out and then you have 40 minutes to sit there and daydream about whatever which is awesome sounds like a cool experience yeah, you, they probably have them. I know they have them in Southern California, so if you ever see one, dude, I, I would recommend it. They're pretty sick. Um, I wanted to I jump around on my podcast because I just like to ramble, as you can tell. But um, who are some of your skaters that like were big influences growing up, besides Tony Hawk, apparently? <laughs> so sick. I wrote yeah. for Birdhouse as well, man. I got to travel with Tony. I went to his house and skated at his skate park. It's so cool, man. That guy's the king. Yeah, I remember seeing you. And birdhouse ads and stuff like that. that yeah. Was, that, I always that called... was What's that? Was, that was after I wrote for him. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But yeah, that's sick. Um, I always looked up the costume and day one and Ronnie Krieger. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and just like uh, the old 101 and blind videos. Guy Mariano, of course. Legendary. There's a list that goes on and on, and I probably forget a ton of people, so. Yeah, I just uh, look up to a lot of people. I mean, I basically just get inspired by watching people skate that are having fun because that's what it's all about. But yeah, yeah there's a huge list of people who inspired me. I used to always just watch the Plan B videos. And that one will do it. That one will fucking do it for sure. Do you, yeah, ever, do you ever teach skateboard lessons? I have taught, like, a few not really on a regular basis, but... I feel like you'd be good, because you have, like, a pretty healthy perspective, and, like, you wrote a children's book, so it'd be, like, hand-in-hand to, like, help kids, like, and skate with them and kind of mentor them. Yeah. I don't know. I do it at my local skate park, and, uh, I have, like, I'll sell, like, a package of, like, five lessons, you know, and it's, like, they get a good deal, and then... I do, like, a, the best job I can, you know? Like, I really try to become friends with the person, whoever it is, like, regardless of age. And I really try to show them, like, all the fundamentals so they can be safe and not get hurt and get turned away from skateboarding. Like, I want to show them, like, all the fun stuff so they just get hooked and then they're just, like, lifelong lovers of skateboarding like us, you know? <laughs> I feel like more of us that do that, it's, like, then more people will be hyped on the, like, art of skateboarding and less about the competitive side of skateboarding, you know? Yeah, the marketing and advertising of some brands and people out there, it's just like they get hooked and it's about, it's too competitive instead of actually just the essence of it, which, you know, you don't even have to really market. It's just awesome, you know? That's cool. Um, I wanted to ask you about Rod James. Do you know Rod James? Yeah. Yeah, he wrote for status. Uh, status, status. I'm sorry, status as well, right? Yeah. That's awesome, man. He's the man. Uh, yeah, Rod's super cool. Did you get to travel with him? Yeah, we traveled a lot together, and he was team manager for a while too. Oh, sick! That's awesome. Yeah, he was. He was with the company the whole time I was, basically. That's sick. That's yeah, cool. Guy. That's cool, man. Um. I wanted to ask you one more thing. Hold on. Let me, let me, one second, all right? Okay. Sorry. I want to make sure I have this down. 
Oh, I lost it. Oh, there it is. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what it was. You met. You mentioned. Uh, you mentioned some of your favorite skaters earlier, man. Did you ever get into like? Uh, you must be a fan of some jumpers, though, dude. Because when I was watching your footage, you do some gnarly drops, dude. So, like, did you ever get into like misled youth and all that stuff? Yeah, I always watched the Zero videos and uh, like the Toy Machine videos, but I don't know. I kind of just found jumping down stuff really fun and exciting, and I just started doing it. I don't even know if I was inspired by other people because, like, I started skating the Hollywood High 12, like the 12s there in, like, 1998, and no one was really jumping down stuff at that time. Just, like, a very small amount of people. Yeah. And, and like, I was shooting with Rick Kosick, and we did, like, a Big Brother interview, and I basically, I guess I had the first published photo at Hollywood. What? That's sick. I, I saw your video part, and you did a line off the roof. You, like, started with, like, a flip trick off the roof, and then you hit the stairs. <laughs> so. Yeah. I never seen anyone skate like that. It's fun in that spot. I was really stoked when I found that spot. I went there like started going there almost every weekend for a while back in '98, and then uh, also like Incon. Just recently, they were talking about all the tricks going down, and um, I had the first hit book down it in progression like yeah. back in 2001. Dude, I remember progression. So sick. What was the trick? A uh, kickflip. Damn, sick. Nice. Yeah, no one had done it at the time, so yeah, I was like, yeah, like, I was watching. I was watching your parts, man. I was like, holy shit! Like, this is some gnarly. Like that kickflip at the end was so sick. You you showed it twice. Whoever edited the video showed it twice. It was definitely worth showing twice. <laughs> yeah. That said, that being said, um, do you see what Jaws is doing nowadays? Pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, that's that's some huge stuff. Yeah, it's like fucking insane. I, and I guess what I'm kind of leading up to is being 37, how are your knee, knees and joints feeling right now? Um, They're not bad, actually. I mean, I've heard a lot of people struggle with their knees, and and I know that I've jumped down a lot of stuff, but my body feels pretty good still. I still jump jump down stuff when I, like once in a while, and not like every day like I used to because I'm not always filming video parts and I slowed down a little bit but I can still do everything and I think basically because I took care of myself like I try to eat healthy and, and stretch and all that and so I'm grateful to, to feel good on my skateboard and to still be doing it and hopefully I can keep it up and yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm big on stretching. I'm big on stretching as well. And I try to eat well, but that's that's when my ladies, my lady will help me out. She'll like buy the good groceries and get me eating right. <laughs> but stretching's like key to longevity, man. I try to get the young ones stretching right away cuz I'm like if you just stay flexible. My big thing is like when you start out a session, if you uh stretch before you really get into it, you know, or you get your heart beating a little bit and then you stretch and like make sure you're safe and then, you know, I think people get hurt when they just they uh just go too fast and they're not warmed up, you know. Yeah, definitely.
cool man well jim you're you're awesome uh i'm really hyped to check out your book that's my next thing is i'm gonna have to look it up look up an online store and check it out man Oh, and uh, before we go, man, I, I usually let everyone plug whatever they want to plug, and we kind of did with the book, but I want you to share your Instagram and all that. Um, what's the name of the Instagram? My Instagram is at JimBates4. At JimBates4, yep. And I have a YouTube channel. It's Kill Jim Bates. And it's just YouTube, Kill Jim Bates. Yeah, YouTube.com slash Kill Jim Bates. So sick. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about the Instagram you had. I saw that you had, like, you were doing tricks with, like, the dragon. Is that the dragon in the bu- in the book? Yeah, actually, I do a lot of creative stuff. I make dragon stuffed animals, and I've been making little toys that go along with the book, like wooden toys. Sick. And, um, yeah, so that's the characters from the book, and I just try to be creative and... I've been trying to promote the book, just like skating with the dragon, having fun, and just putting it in those video clips. So yeah, that's what that's about. That's so cool, man. It's like, it's kind of cool to think that kids could get hyped on skateboarding and through a book, and uh, then they could see you skating with the dragon, which is such a sick concept, dude. Yeah, fun. <laughs> well, keep killing it, Jim. I'm I'm definitely thankful you came on the show, man, and thank you for sharing and opening up, like. It's it's brave to do it, man. Not you know, it's not always easy to talk like um with a stranger. We're just strangers, but now now we met each other. So thank you again, man. But yeah, thanks for having me, and I appreciate the opportunity to be on here, and and I'm grateful to be able to talk and share my experience because I know that there's other people who struggle, and if they can get something from it or find hope or meaning through that, then it's worth it. And um, I actually, I did an interview for Vice yeah. on Vice.com about, it's more about me getting through my depression with skateboarding and it was kind of a follow-up to that Big Brother interview from when I was in a bad place to where I am now in a much better place. What so, do people type in to find that? Just Jim Bates, Vice Magazine? Yeah, I go to Vice.com and it's basically an article called Skateboarding Helps Jim Bates Battle Depression, but yeah, I just typed in my name and you can find it. Awesome. Well, I put out a mass email with this to all my contacts and everyone that supports the show, uh, skateboarders and industry people and personalities, so I'll include the links in there, man. Well, I appreciate it. It's great talking with you. No worries, man. Thank you, Jim, and take it easy, brother. Yeah, have a good night. Peace. Hang on, brothers and sisters. Liberation is near. It's almost time.